0: I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges. And of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump M E T I C S dot com Slash Magic for twenty percent off your first order.
1: It is ultimately up to us, just us, to decide how we are going to respond to what is occurring in our lives and and what we're going to bring to the situation. And, you know, Sage and I both believe, and I'm sure you, Raquel, and I'm sure your audience believes that what you bring to the situation is what you end up experiencing in life or what you become like in harmony with or in alignment with. And had I been able to rely on, on solutions outside of myself, I don't know that I would have had quite the spiritual connection to God and to myself that I do now. And he said, sooner or later, I'm going to have to move on from this
2: or it's going to kill me. It's going to be the death of me. I'm just choosing sooner. And I remembered that story and thought, I can choose sooner now and I can choose joy now. And it doesn't mean that I choose that and I never look back. And it doesn't mean that, that I don't also feel the grief, but it just for me was permission that I could start to choose a different way. You know, This idea that it's a choice, what we've been talking about a lot this whole time. And recognizing that in that moment was a big moment for me. And I think it can apply to so many things, not just when you lose somebody, you can choose sooner. There's no prescription for how long you have to stay stuck. My dad always used to say, "You're only stuck if you choose to be." So it was a big moment for me.
0: Now let the magic begin. Hello, and Jaima, Jaima Yomies, it's Raquel and welcome to your own magic a soul expanding and heart opening podcast this episode is a real heart opener and soul expander as it's with the lovely sage dyer and serena dyer Pissoni, who share signs and teachings from their beloved and just beautiful soul of a father dr wayne dyer who passed away in august of 2015 and many of you i'm sure are quite familiar with his work one of the handful of teachers who awaken and healed me in many ways through his speaking engagements and his books and just through however else he shared his timeless teachings so i absolutely loved 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 and still feel so grateful and honored to have connected with sage and serena who are amazing mothers and in fact sage is about to have baby number two any day now she said the baby should arrive well i guess it would be either this week or next week if you're listening the week this comes out And she even joked that her water may break in the middle of the episode. And I was like, okay, I'm totally oddly down for that. Which, what a memory that would be. But regardless, even chatting with them will always be a treasured memory for me personally. So I'm just so grateful to connect with them and get to know them personally through this conversation. One thing we talk about out of the many lessons and truths that they share in this conversation is we talk about synchronicity and how they personally remain open to it. And I didn't share it on the recording of this podcast, but I had to share this because it popped up in my mind slightly after the podcast, actually, but I want to share it here. So this past year, in the middle of the pandemic, like many of you for whatever reason, though I have many tools on my tool belt to turn to, (laughs) I was just feeling a variety of feelings and emotions and I was going through a dark night of the soul moment. Again, I know I'm not alone in that, especially during this past year and my old tools for whatever reason weren't feeling the same. I expressed this in a solo episode, I believe, but one day I was curiously just rummaging through an old pile of stuff at my folks place in park city and an old old 1970s book so old book which has the best smell in the world by the way i love the smell of old books this book popped out and it was called your erroneous zones and it just simply caught my eye which then i noticed it was from dr wayne dyer i mean his face was on the cover and i knew it was a sign that i simply had to read it and voila It was literally like the book that i needed at that time and turns out that this book has sold an estimated of a hundred million copies no big deal (laughs) anyway then a few months later serena contacted me feeling guided to connect and send her and sage's new book the knowing this book is a song for their father and for everyone so here i am again almost I'm not going to say losing my faith, but I was just having some doubts in a lot of things for whatever reason, because we have those moments of contrast, but I was holding on to my faith just simply by a thread (laughs) and it's simple synchronicities like that that remind me of the beauty and simplicity of spirituality and that we don't really need to force it or try like sometimes we might think we do but for reasons that I haven't fully expressed to the world yet, though I might down the line, there were many messages from this book. their dad that was a reminder and honestly this conversation with sage and serena was way more impactful for me than i even could express to them and so as i related to sage and serena in more ways than one i know i have an inkling of a feeling you'll feel connected too so anyway with the old book that i found what's wild is my my parents don't believe that they even owned that book I mean, it is possible that they they forgot that they bought it because, I mean, it was like in the 1970s, but still, it's just wild that it just somehow popped up, and it's funny how some books come into our lives or just pop out out of nowhere, and this is the second time that this has happened with a Dr. Wayne Dyer book for me. The other one, it just stood out to me more so at a local New Age spiritual bookstore and crystal shop in santa monica california that was the book you know you just you are drawn to a certain book like a magnet and i was drawn to that book and voila and then i also listened to it on audible it was everything that i was excited to hear at the time which was also an introduction to a variety of things beyond the physical for me so anyway with that said i have another Anecdote to share that just happened moments ago on Synchronicity. So, a new friend named Brent, whose episode will soon be released on the podcast, he sent an email with the subject line Look what just arrived at my house. And then in parentheses, I did not order this book. Whoa. (laughs) And so, whoa indeed, because when I opened up the email, there are no texts, simply just a picture of the book, The Knowing by. Sage and Serena and that's it he doesn't know how he received this book but it just came to him what a wild synchronicity and might I add that an hour before I connected with Serena and Sage when I was talking to him at the tail end of our conversation he started talking about this knowing or the knowing that word kept popping up and I was like are you kidding me what and in an hour I'm about to talk with Serena and Sage about the knowing so it's just simple synchronicities like that that remind me of magic and that remind me me of the beautiful ways this universe loves to show up for us and that I do hear people joking at those that love to recognize synchronicities and all I can think is I can't wait till their hearts open to the endless possibilities and magic as well as it may be the one thing that reminds one of the harmony and beauty of this universe and that there's more than meets the eye. It also can remind you like Dr. Wayne Dyer said and Serena and sage remind us of in this interview that when you focus on something you begin to see it everywhere like the number eleven, eleven, or 444 for example which simply just goes to show that where your attention goes energy truly does flow anything is possible once you're open to it and you focus on it so perhaps i don't know perhaps it's it's it just shows up in the subconscious mind and then the mind may see it and the mind will ping you in that moment and let you know that look it's 11 11 on the clock, just simply not only a divine sign, but also a reminder that we truly can make anything happen as long as we focus on it or we become open to it. So beautiful. And I love that I said that and a butterfly just flew by. Beautiful. Speaking of synchronicities. Anyway, I remember the morning of Dr. Wayne Dyer's loss. I was in Bali on a yoga teacher training and the yogis there all felt his spirit and his his love. That's the best word I can use, his love. Which I'm sure the world felt as he was truly a great soul with a capital G with massive impact. And that was on August 30th, 2015. And Sage and Serena talk about the significance of that day. So speaking of synchronicities, you will be absolutely amazed. You do not want to miss that story as well. You don't want to miss a word they have to say, in fact. But anyway, those who felt it, his presence and his essence, the strongest, I'm sure, perhaps as he was wrapping his wings around them, were indeed his children and his wife who were deeply mourning at that time. And I'm just so thankful and honored I got to talk to the beautiful souls of Sage and Serena who have that inherent passion and beautiful way of connecting and articulating universal truths like their father. So I'm excited for you to hear all that magic. Anyway, this is a long intro, but I must say that today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef. So one delicious, very healthy and environmentally conscious company that I highly recommend you try and take advantage of their offer of $90 off, (laughs) including free shipping when you go to greenchef.com slash 90 magic, which I'll talk about Green Chef in the midst of this episode as usual. And also there's more information in the show notes. Also, if the episode or any other Your Own Magic episode nourishes your soul in any way, shape, or form, feel free to leave a rating and review as it helps the show so much or simply subscribe to be notified when a new episode is released. It's always released on a Monday. You can count on that for quite a while longer. And then sometimes I do a random day of the week depending on the season of my life I'm in i might throw one out on a thursday but again that depends on the season of life i'm in that's about it so anyway without further ado as that was a lot of ado on with the show and now i believe it is time to let the magic begin with sage dyer and serena dyer Pissoni. I'm so, so honored to connect with you and get to know you individually as well. Well, thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah, we're both both honored to be here. And we feel like he really is so present. And I know that people might roll their eyes and think, well, how do you really know that? Or, you know, uh, how do you know a loved one that has passed is actually still there? But I would say that when you know, you know, and Sage and I know, and I'm sure you feel it as
0: well. I'm feeling it so strongly right now that I have tears in my eyes and chills. And of course, like to get it connected into this, I listened to one of his meditations, which I've listened to many times. And it was just, I'm uh, I'm feeling all the things right now, guys.
2: (laughs) We're excited to be here.
0: I feel it too. I feel good vibes. I like where this is going. I do too. I do too. And also my audience, there's nothing you can say, especially when it comes to the presence of another spirit that would make them think anything but of course of course okay that's good to know (laughs) good to know your audience yes yes totally free so I'm curious for both of you what is lighting you both up most in this season of your life and Sage I have an idea of what is lighting you up most right now but (laughs) either of you take it
2: over yeah, I mean I can start since I'm on the uh this is Sage by the way, and I'm on the verge of giving birth at any moment. <laughs> I'm uh two weeks away from my due date. And I'm very excited about that. And it, you know, it coincided with this time of when our book is coming out. Not necessarily purposely. You don't know when you're gonna get pregnant, you know, when you start uh trying or not being careful. So that made me a little nervous at first, but at the same time it's been so great. Um you know, there was actually nothing to be worried about because people have been so understanding of scheduling uh, interviews. And I, I feel like it's given me like a push to, okay, well, I've got this much time till the baby comes. So let's get things in beforehand. And so it's been really exciting having the book coming out uh, while the baby's on on the way and then to pick things back up. I know that I have something to look forward to and not just, you know, maternity leave or, you know, not just taking care of a baby, but I have something else that will be going on after. So it's been really great and exciting.
0: Another baby. Yeah. Oh, that is so great to hear. How about you, Serena?
1: Oh, wow. I feel like, you know, I, sh- I should mention my children are lighting me up. Although they, um, they're not, honestly, the first thing that, I mean, I feel like they always are, you know, what brings so much joy. Children in general bring so much joy. And I have three little ones. Um, but honestly, I really feel like right now it is the book. It is having it out because Sage could tell you that we have been writing and contemplating publishing and then getting a publishing deal and then editing and on and on for, since our dad passed away, which is going to be six years in August. And so for me, it's the fact that it came out less than a month ago and it's actually happening. Um, and we're getting to talk about it and we're getting to share these stories. And I never thought that I would be the person that so many of my friends or acquaintances reach out to when they lose somebody. I never thought I would be like the grief or her, the death expert or counselor as, as odd as that sounds. But I keep finding myself in that position because people have people that I'm friends with or people that I'm acquainted with know that um we've we've been working on this book. And I'm just so happy to be able to like share these stories and to let people know that their loved ones really are still here. And so um, I feel like that's Thrilling to me, even though I didn't intend to to talk about that kind of thing, it's kind of like where we've ended up, and I'm really excited about it. That's such a
0: powerful message that so many people can feel comforted by, and also know it's that inner knowing that no, their spirit's still here and still around, and we feel your dad right now. We were just talking about that, and you are sharing some of his work, and I'm assuming as well part of your own individual messages in this book, the knowing, and I'm curious what the knowing means? And why did you write this book?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, like Sarita said, we started writing this book pretty much both of us separately, right when our dad passed away. I mean, I know for me, I just, I'd had no intention at first to be writing a book, but I was feeling called to write. Even the very night that my dad passed away, I couldn't sleep, but I was so distraught. And in the middle of the night, I just picked up my laptop and I wrote something because it was calling me. Um, And in the months and weeks and, you know, turned into years after he passed, it was like a cathartic thing for me. And it turns out Serena was also writing at the same time. And at a certain point, I realized like, wow, this could be a book, this could be something. And, And then Serena and I were, you know, we got advice from somebody who said, why would you put out competing books, you guys should combine your works. And so we took a look at each other's works. And we realized that it actually fit together so well there were themes that were common between both of our writing that was not planned and we were able to combine the work and um and put it out into the world and it's 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 been something that I'm so proud of and what is it what is it it's it's you know the knowing uh that wasn't even our original title we didn't have a title at the beginning um but it, it so many of so much of what we wrote about came down to this Inner knowing, this inner lighthouse we like to call it, or an inner compass that it's a quiet voice, it's a it's a presence that's always with you, something that you can always tune into. It could be synonymous with your intuition, but it's just um, an inner lighthouse that is guiding you and that is always present for you to tune into. And it's a choice to tune into it, and that's sort of what I realized after my dad passed away is that so much of what I was experiencing. Was a choice, you know. I could, it was a choice to either be this terrible thing that happened to me, or it was a choice to be something beautiful, something that could become something beautiful, by you know tuning back into my faith and into my knowing, and fostering that relationship with my dad that now existed in a different uh, form, and believing in that and knowing that wholeheartedly. And that from there is where the miracles started to pl- take place. And those are the things that we wrote about, you know, as we, and, and and it also was a reapplying of his works that I grew up hearing. However, they didn't really apply to me so much when I was growing up, not in such a big way. I had never lost anybody that I was so close to and my life was pretty smooth. So for the first time I was finding that his work wasn't just like something inspiring to listen to or I loved going to my dad's talks and hearing him talk but it wasn't something I needed and all of a sudden it was something I needed and, um, and so it was a reapplying and a relearning of his works and turning it into our own through our own experiences.
0: Oh my gosh, I can only imagine that suddenly it's not only something that's a beautiful experience to witness because you're there in the room with him speaking, but then suddenly, no, this is something that you really need to integrate, really hold on to into your life. And I think it's beautiful that not only did you choose to do this, both of you, to choose to apply everything into your life, but also to share it with so many people who need to remember and also need to hear.
1: Yeah. And I'm just going to jump in and say that actually one of the titles that we had talked about having was mm-hmm. remembering. So it's funny that you say <sighs> to remember because wow. that is sort of what we, what we felt that this was. It's like there is a part of you that has the presence of God mm-hmm. within you. And that presence is always leading you in the right direction. And when you are When you are hosting that, when you are coming from that place, things flow. You get, we say, you know, in the book, you get all green lights. You find yourself, um, Sage could tell you a great story about finding yourself on the path of least resistance. But for us, um, it was really this idea that it's not something that we discover as though it doesn't exist. And then it's kind of like people that have never believed in God, right? And then they hear about God, and then all of a sudden they've discovered, oh, there's this thing out there called God. And they think like, you know, oh, I just discovered it, so it's new. Well, no, God was there all along. You just weren't tuned into it. You just weren't tapped in. But it existed without your awareness. And so it's kind of like this idea that we all have this thing that exists within us, and it always leads us in the right direction. But, and this is a big but, you have to be open to coming from that place. You have to be open to it. And you have to make a conscious choice. As Sage said, it's a choice. To, um to kind of clean up that link between you and it and it, it is like intuition but if 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 prayer as our dad used to say if prayer is you talking to God meditation intuition your knowing is God talking to you oh my gosh <laughs> and that's what you want right I mean all of the things that you want in your life are there all of the uh the things you want to manifest or attract they're all available to you. But you have to get in alignment with it. And it's like coming from that place of of the presence of God. And we all have that choice to make. And we're all still making it. It's not just a one-time thing. Right. And then our lives just flow. It's a conscious, yeah, it's a daily choice,
0: really. Right. Oh, 100%. And I'm so glad that you said this, You're right? It is a constant choice to make. It's a devotional choice, you know, to commit yourself to this. And there are times, of course, our human might want to uh, steer us in another direction. And ha- have you ever had those moments where you were either you or both of you steered away from God or source where you weren't tapping in or tuning in for a bit and then something happened where you felt like you needed to reconnect again?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I had a period of time and I wrote about this in the book where within a five-year maybe even actually more like a three year period. I, um, starting in 2015, I lost my father. My husband was indicted. Um, he went to trial, was sentenced to seven years in prison. My stepson, who was a teenager, passed away from an accidental um, drug overdose. I gave birth to three children in that sort of time frame, and all of our finances were gone. And I absolutely with, and, you know, just sort of, surface superficially, I was very stressed about being fat because I had had three kids in in three and a half years and I had like 50 pounds to lose. And, and that was also stressful. So it's like every area of my life, I was, um, I was being challenged or tested. And I definitely had many moments where my faith, my connection to God, my connection to my dad, um, it was really challenged and called into question and i i lost faith i mean i lost that connection and i was like so so drowning and barely keeping my head above water for quite a while but the thing the thing that got me through it the thing that helped me to like reconnect was this awareness that i had that i was i was buying into the idea that When all of the pieces of my life fall into place, when all of the circumstances are fixed, then I can have peace. But I was raised to know, and I intuitively knew that it was the opposite that was true, that I have to have peace. And then the circumstances and the pieces of my life can fall into place, that it is up to me to come from that place to choose to see things differently, to choose to respond to what was happening to me differently. And I had to make that choice. And I did not, um, I did not make that choice overnight. Sage could tell you that there were many, many, uh, actually years, honestly, of kind of waffling back and forth. But ultimately, I have found myself heading in that direction and that's all we can do right it's like our dad used to say I don't want to be better than anybody else I just want to be better than who I was yesterday and so I've just been heading slowly in that direction of connecting to my faith and and understanding that the peace that I am seeking is already present within me I have to go there and I have to come from there and then everything can can go from there. But if I don't, then I'm never going to be in alignment with everything that I I, you know, want to have happen in my life. So long, long answer. But yes, I've absolutely mm-hmm. lost my faith at times. No, this was an answer that we needed to
0: hear. Wow, you are a true warrior, Serena. Thank you for sharing that beautiful message and story and experience. Yeah, you're
2: welcome. Yeah. And for me, mine's definitely a little different. I mean, my faith wasn't tested in that sort of way but I but I have a similar situation that I found myself in so when I was uh 28 or 29 I found out that I was pregnant for the first time with my son and um it's not that I didn't know that that was a possibility of the actions that I was taking but I you know I knew what I was doing I was an adult I was married but I didn't think I was going to get pregnant uh, so fast, or I just didn't think about it. I don't know. And so when I found out I was pregnant, um, I was really scared. And um, I found myself consumed with thoughts of like, how my life was over in the way that I knew it, you know, (laughs) And, and, and I felt guilty about these thoughts, because I, number one, I felt like, my child is inside of me who chose me. And I'm having these thoughts about I'm mourning this life that I've been living and I feel like is ending. And that's not fair to him. And I also felt guilty because I know so many people struggle to get pregnant. And here I was like with this miracle that had happened so easily for me. And I was taking it for granted, but I couldn't, I still couldn't get past that. I was in a mind frame of, you know, I was just thinking about how I—I had—I was, sing, you know, not single. I was married, but I had no obligations in that way. And I was traveling. I was living in New York City. I'm still living in New York mm-hmm. City, but in a different mm-hmm. way. I could do whatever I wanted. I watched my siblings with their kids be very, um, just always encumbered with sunscreen and snacks and whatever. <laughs> and I just didn't have to deal with any of that, yeah. and I enjoyed that. So all I could think, all I was filling my mind with all these thoughts, and it was keeping me down. I mean, I was not um, you know I wasn't in a good headspace at that time and I didn't want to feel that way. And throughout the course of my pregnancy, I just started to realize that you know this is the situation I'm in. We're having this baby. I know I'm going to love him. I can continue to choose thoughts like this or I can just start to choose thoughts of how what a beautiful journey that I'm on to, uh, to parenthood and to something that I always wanted. I just felt like it came too soon and I didn't fully get there until my son was born. And when I, I mean, I also was filled with thoughts of that I would never have a career. Ironically, I thought, you know, I have eight months to get this book going because if (laughs) we don't do it in the next eight months, it's never going to happen. And it was the push that Serena and I really needed. I started contacting the literary, our literary agent and publishing companies and we got the book going again. We had kind of lost, uh, lost our way for a year or two. And I thought like, well, if I don't get this done now, I'll, I could never have a career once I am a mother. And it turns out none of that was true, but (laughs) my son came along and a, a few months later I realized how happy I was for the most part. I mean, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies, and I I heard this quote, um, we've all heard this quote, there is no way to happiness, happiness is the way, it's from the Tao Te Ching. But I had heard it so many times in my life, you know, you get it in a fortune cookie, it's a very common saying, but for the first time I heard it and it hit me how true it was because it was like this moment of realizing, you know, staying uh, without a child and traveling and doing all that, that was not my way to happiness also having a child and becoming a mother was not my way to happiness. Happiness is the way, you know, you bring the happiness to whatever situation you're finding yourself in. It's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Kind of like Serena was saying, synonymous with peace. You know, you can go inside and find that peace in the situations that you're in, even when they don't appear peaceful. And I just realized that I can always bring the happiness to my life. And it was a process of uh sort of just surrendering to the situation i was in which at first felt like giving in or giving up but really it's just it's letting go of the attachment to the way you think things should be so that you can experience them as they actually are and and that's the miracle to me is when you start to experience your life as it is not as what you think it should be not $10,000 down the road, or, you know, 10 pounds away, or, you know, any of that, it's experience it now, and find the happiness and the peace in your present moments now, and then you will have a happy life. But it took me, you know, questioning my faith, questioning it, you know, my life to get to that place. And, and it's, and I was so wrong about the career thing, because it's been such a wonderful experience and balance for me having both, you know, I feel like I serve a big purpose in my role as a a mother to my son and my son to be. And I serve a big purpose in this career and with this book and the excitement around that. And it's, they've both been fantastic.
0: There's so much power in everything that you just shared. And especially knowing that no matter what the mind or the human might perceive or conceive of whatever is in front of you but instead to choose the beauty of what is in front of you when there always is something to see that you just have to see because it's there right is so profound and so powerful and and that is what is going to lead to this true peace that we all want we can find this peace but we just have to choose it right now you both were talking about that is choosing the the art of choosing and then seeing the peace and what is in front of you it's so beautiful and I think that it helps as well that you hold a lot of different nuggets of wisdom and insights and lessons and though perhaps maybe you were sitting there listening to your dad talk or to others talk about these universal truths and profound insights yet there's nothing like actually experiencing the contrast to recognize the power of it right exactly
1: uh, yeah and and somebody had asked us actually the other day um how our relationship with with life or our dad or ourselves had changed since he passed and it was the first time I had been sort of really contemplating that and I actually realized for the first time that um that I had relied on him for so much in my life while he was here and I, if he would have still been here when I was going through all of those things that I just listed, I would have relied on him then. And he would have been, you know, somebody to help me to try and fix it or to provide or to take care of. And he would have, he would have been a source of comfort, but that source of comfort, as much as I wish my dad would have been here and would still be here in his physical body, that source of comfort would have still been coming from outside of myself and I think that if there's anything he taught and really wanted his children and and all of us to learn, it's that it ultimately has to come from within. And I wouldn't have been able to uncover how strong I am or how capable I am or that the the solutions are within me. I wouldn't have been able to realize that had he still been here to fix it all for me. So it was almost like, I can almost see the beauty now, now that there's been time, you know, and space since his passing, I can almost see the beauty for me on a personal level of him not being here in the physical sense to handle it all, because it is ultimately up to us, just us, to decide how we are going to respond to what is occurring in our lives and and what we're going to bring to the situation. And, and you know, Sage and I both believe, and I'm sure you Raquel, and I'm sure your audience believes that what you bring to the situation is what you end up experiencing in life or what you become like in harmony with or in alignment with. And had I been able to rely on, on solutions outside of myself, I don't know that I would have had quite the spiritual connection to God and to myself that I do now.
0: That's so, ooh... Right there. So, so (laughs) true.
1: Your your responses make me laugh because I love your (laughs) excitement and enthusiasm.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, dear. I bless you now. (laughs) 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 Dearest listener who cares a lot about their health and the food that they nourish their vessel with along with where their food is sourced and how they receive their food and so on and so forth. Well, Green Chef has a special offer for you and green chef by the way is the most sustainable meal kit offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table and green chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy to follow recipes perfect for keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, or even if you just want to eat in a more balanced way. And I love, I personally love the plant-powered meal kit. The recipes are so easy to make as they're pre made and pre measured sauces and dressings and spices. So you can get more chef curated flavor in less time. And I'm sure, like all the meal kits, whatever meal kit you choose, it's so easy to follow. The plant powered meal plan. Mwah, mwah delicious when i made a meal for my family which my mom is plant-based but my dad is not regardless they both still loved it they were so impressed with how gourmet it tastes but also it just felt so light and healthy especially everything is hand-picked featuring organic veggies and high quality proteins so green chef is offering the euro magic listeners an amazing deal go to greenchef.com slash 90magic and use code 90magic to get $90 off including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 90magic. That's nine zero numerical 90magic and use code 90magic to get $90 off including free shipping. More information in the show notes and also a link in the show notes. So Remember, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. And now on with the show. Well, this is a silly question, but is there a reason you chose 11 as the number of insights and lessons you share in the book, the 11 lessons to understand the quiet urges of the soul. That's
2: beautiful. We didn't choose 11. It just sort of happened that way. <laughs> but we loved that it did end up. Oh, and I'm looking at the clock and it's 4:44. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. But we we loved that it ended up being 11. Once we, you know, combined our writing and edited everything and it ended up fitting perfectly to 11 because um, our, our dad, the summer before he passed away, well, his whole life, he was really into numbers and synchronicity through numbers and um, repeating numbers. I remember he told our sister Sky, you know, she was looking for houses, uh, her first house to buy. And one of the addresses was 909. And he told her, you have to go with that one because it adds up to 18. And 18 was his favorite, favorite number. Um, it represents like one infinity. Oh, yeah. 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 It's actually, <laughs> it's in a lot of religious texts also. And it's a highly spiritual number. But yes. The summer before he passed away, he was really into seeing the clock at um eleven eleven. And we were all with him, me and Serena and a bunch of my siblings. And we were instructed by him that if we saw the clock at eleven eleven, we had to <laughs> text him. So that his phone would light up at eleven eleven Aww. or at least it would say like text message received at eleven eleven Aww. and yeah, it became like just a fun game uh but it also was a lesson and uh for me at least because I started to see the clock at eleven eleven like every day, and sometimes I would already be asleep, but I would wake up at eleven eleven you know at night, and it started happening all the time, and it was a lesson in um something my dad talked about his whole life to, to us is what you put your attention on expands and grows. And, um, as soon as I, you know, so my attention was on seeing the clock at 11, 11, and then boom, I'm seeing it all the time. And I couldn't figure out exactly why, aside from that principle of, you know, what you put your attention on grows, you get in life, uh, what you are and what you're focusing on, and so what are you filling your thoughts with? And it, you know, you could go from there. It was, it was just like a cool experiment to uh, prove so much of what he talked about
1: in the book. We talk all about like the signs and the synchronicities, and the um, the the really cool experiences that Sage and I and our siblings and our mom and other people that that wrote to us and told us about them. Um, we had so many of those happen after he passed. But um, for example, just to touch on the eleven thing. We did not choose the date that the book was going to be published. Our publisher chose that. And they happened to choose May 11th. And not only was it another 11, but it was the day after our dad's birthday. His birthday was May 10th. And so we felt like there was just so much there. And it was his
2: 81st birthday which right, was which, you know 18 flipped on its head so it was and uh, like
1: we had so many things like that like when yeah. the publisher asked us to record the audio of the book they again they picked the recording studio they um you know sent us on our way and the recording studio was on Dyer Avenue in New York no I mean it's like <laughs> yes, I swear. yeah uh, and it was just, <laughs> so many things like that um that kept happening and just little things but we had even bigger signs and, and dreams and, and visitations and things that we talk about in the book. But, um, you know, the eleven thing was, was, you know, we could say it was an accident or a coincidence, but we all know that that just means it was perfect, perfectly divine and orchestrated for us. So
0: absolutely synchronicities yeah. are something that especially when I kind of disconnect for a bit, or I feel like I'm doubting my faith, It's funny how it's synchronicities that tend to nudge me back because it's like, how is this even possible? And there's so many beautiful synchronicities that align. There have been many moments in my life where it's synchronicities that tend to nudge me back and then make me want to reconnect with spirit. And like your father said, pray to God and then meditate to receive the messages from God and And so it's almost like it's a little sign for me to go back and do that whenever I disconnect. And then when I'm in flow, they're just abundantly everywhere. For example, an hour ago, I was doing another interview. At the very end, he started bringing up the knowing. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Because in an hour, I'm (laughs) going to be talking with them. And I told them that you are Dr. Wayne Dwyer's daughter's. And he of course, you know, had a moment and your dad really helped him connect. It's just beautiful how there's so many different strings of synchronicity that can tie together in a day. And that's also one of the other reasons why I know your father's here.
2: Yeah. Well, our dad used to say, um, you know, the word coincidence in our society has become this word that means like two things that happen by accident and just seem to be a coincidence. But Really, the word comes from a mathematical term uh, to coincide, which is which means two angles that fit together perfectly. So we've taken this word that means two things that happen perfectly on time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, mm-hmm. t- if we've taken it to be some sort of accident, but in reality, we should always be paying attention to the synchronicities that that are happening in our life. But we write a lot about that in the book. I mean,
1: I could keep
0: going. I can't wait to read it. it. I'm so excited to read this book. I'm curious (laughs) if you can go
1: over all or some of the insights. This is something that is one of the insights. So I'm just going to jump on what we were just talking about, which is, you know, we have a tendency as, as, you know, spiritual beings having this human experience. So we have a tendency in our human mind or our human way to view things that happen in our lives through the lens of good or bad, or through the lens of um, coincidence or accident or on purpose or divinely orchestrated. And usually, the way we see it is because we have an attachment to to how we think, as Sage was saying earlier, we were talking about this earlier, how we think things ought to be. But one of the things that um I wrote about, and, and Sage and I wrote about, and that I had to experience for myself was if I could understand that my dad left his his body at the time that was meant to be at the at the right time and that we all come here on the right time and we leave on the right time could I also look at my stepson's death in the same way because when somebody dies at 75 years old and they have had such a full life and and they've had a you know fulfilled, they they didn't die with their music still in them, as he used to say. Um, you can look at their passing and say that, well, you know, it was it was in divine timing and there are no accidents in this universe. But when it is a child that has an accidental overdose, so you've got somebody young, somebody who didn't live the you know the full time and who died as a result of a, essentially an accident. Can you still look at it as though it is divine timing and on purpose? And that was something that I personally was challenged and Sage as well, because she's my sister and my whole family were challenged to do when my stepson Mason passed away. And the truth is, I can tell you that where I sit now, um, it's been three and a half years since he passed it 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 was it was the time it was on purpose because if we come here and we have the experience as a human being and as sage and I like to think of it this is the classroom and we're just you know Ramdas used to say we're all just walking each other home if this is the classroom our human experience and we are all going to go home at the end of this maybe some of us just need less time in the classroom but But to to get to how this kind of relates to the book, it's that once again, it is a choice. And my husband and I, my husband raised his son as a single parent, had like full custody his son's entire life. And this was his only son at the time. My husband was the one who actually was encouraging me to look at this as though it was also meant to be because what does the alternative view bring? It doesn't bring us closer to him. It doesn't bring us closer to God and it doesn't bring us closer to peace. So why would we choose that way? There's no way to know for sure, right? We're never gonna have like scientific proof that you know, people die when they're meant to be and that it's all divinely orchestrated and it's all on purpose or it's not. You know, that there's just like this God in heaven that casts favors on some and curses on others and cures (laughs) for some and and miracles (laughs) for others. I mean, we're never gonna have the proof but which, which way of thinking about life and death brings you closer to where you want to be and to how you want to feel? And why would you ever pick the one that doesn't align with that? And so again, it, it was coming back to this idea of there's a place within us. There's a knowing that we have that is speaking these things to us that is, that is putting us in alignment with the you know, coincidences or the synchronicities, but are we, are we paying attention to it? Are we willing to see it? Are we willing to connect to it? Um. So that was just one of the things that we wrote about. So I just had to jump in there because we were talking about that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and also what a challenge that would be to be able to actually see beyond what is potentially really going on and a very beautiful outlook to look at God in that way and death in that way. It's a very beautiful outlook.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of something our dad used to say all the time, which is that, you know, we all come here to earth with a round trip ticket and when we're born everyone celebrates that that leg of the trip that first that first ticket so much you know we continue to celebrate it our whole lives we celebrate our birthdays and um, but when it there will come a time for all of us where our return ticket is due you know and we don't necessarily know when that's going to be um but that the perception in most societies is that that's something to fear and dread and, um, for yourself and for your loved ones. And my dad used to just encourage us and his audiences to embrace that return trip ticket, because, you know, like Serena said, it's, it's a return home and it's a return to a, a love that's, you know, beyond anything anything beyond our wildest dreams that we could even imagine. And, um, I remember when my dad passed away, I hearing that. And I was sort of um, skeptical of that to a degree, because like I said, I hadn't lost anybody before that, that I had loved so much. So I was like, geez, is that true? Like, how do I come to terms with all this grief I'm feeling uh, and feel happy for my dad that he has moved into this space that he taught about and studied about so much. And I remember, um, speaking of the numbers thing that my dad was so into numbers and what, so he died on August 30th of 2015. So I said, okay, dad, if you left on time, if it was divinely orchestrated, I believe you would have picked a date that held a lot of meaning. So I was, I set out to find the meaning of August 30th, 2015. And at first I couldn't find it because Oh, my whole family was interested, not just
1: me. We were talking about this. This is my favorite part of the book. And this is my favorite thing that Sage <laughs> discovered and and I ha- probably has ever told me in my whole life. So I'll <laughs> let her continue. But I, I'm just building it up. I'm so excited to hear it. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> so at first we were looking and like the numbers didn't add up to anything that, you know, eight thirty adds up to eleven, but that wasn't enough for me. I needed more. I was like, there's gotta be a bigger meaning behind this date. And so I started to read his book, I Can See Clearly Now, Um, Mm -hmm. not in search of that answer, just because I wanted to, it was a memoir that he wrote. And when he was writing it, we were all asking, why are you writing a memoir when you're like (laughs) 73 years old? It makes no sense. And (laughs) you're going to have, you're going to have to write part two in 10 years. And he said, I don't know, I'm just being called to write Mm it. So I felt, I felt called to read it at that time, because I thought, you know, if he was so called to write this, and got it out just in time really Um, I'm going to read it and while reading that book I discovered um, there's a chapter in there about he talks about how you know and he talked about in a lot of his talks that his relationship with his father was um, well it was basically non-existent because his father walked out when he was born and left his mom with him and his two brothers. Um, This was in the 40s. And so he ended up in orphanages and and, uh, foster care and things like that. And um, so he, as he grew up, he never knew his dad but he carried such a deep hate for his dad and such a deep, um, he, he would have violent dreams about him. Uh, beating him up or meeting him and yelling at him. How could you do this to my my mother, who is such a lovely woman? And how could you do this to your three sons? Did you ever think of me? He was filled with rage for this man. And he had so many questions for him that he never got to have answered. He eventually, he, so he was looking for his dad and he couldn't find him when he was in his the teenager and twenties, whatever. And he never found him. And he eventually learned that he had actually passed away a couple of years prior even though he had still been searching that a whole time and um he writes about it in the book it was a an incredible series of coincidences and coincidences and synchronicities that led him to his father's grave but fast forward he eventually uh finds out where his father is buried and um you can read about it and I can see clearly now it would take the whole rest of the time to go through it but he eventually winds up at his father's grave and he um goes there with the intention of quite literally pissing on his grave. He wants to scream at him and have that conversation that he's been waiting to have. Uh, Just how could you do this and why, why, you know, all of, all that anger. So he does that. And, um, and he writes about how afterwards he got all of that out and he went to leave. And as he's walking back to his car, he, uh, something comes over him. And he feels this loving presence, something that he's never felt before in his life. He was 35-ish at this time, and um, he was studying psychology, but not so much into spirituality at that time in his life. And he just felt something that he had never felt before, and he felt uh, so called to go back to his father's grave. So he turned around and he went back, and something came over him where he just said, dad I forgive you and from now on from this moment on I send you nothing but love and he said he sobbed and he um he felt like a um, hundred pounds was lifted off of his back and he just for the first time in his life felt love and compassion towards this man that was his father that he never knew his prior he had only ever condemned him you know and um from that point my dad's whole life changed his career took off and he wrote his first book which became the best selling book of the 70s and on and on and in in i can see clearly now i'm reading about this and he says the date that he was at his father's grave was august 30th Nineteen seventy six. It was like 67. 70,
0: yeah, 76. Oh, something. <laughs> yeah. My gosh, are you
1: kidding me? But wow. he was yeah. But, yeah, but he
2: was asked the most important day. He says in the book, you can find it for yourself. I yeah. think I quoted it in the knowing. He says, if you were to ask me the most significant day of my life, I would say it was the events that took place on August 30th of 1976. And I read that and I took a picture of it and I called everyone in our family and I, but then I contemplated it. I said, okay, that's incredible. So he had the most incredible day of his life. The most significant day of his life is now also the day he decided to depart. And what is he trying to tell us with that? And what I felt, you know, it just sort of came to me in that moment. I felt like my dad communicated to me that what he was saying to us was that, August 30th in his life marked the day that his whole relationship with his father changed and it took on a whole new meaning. And I felt like he was saying to us, this is now the day in your life where your relationship with me, your father, has not ended, but has changed to take on a whole new meaning. And it was a moment of, you know, of faith for me because I realized, you know, I can view it that way and it will be that way. And therefore it is. You know, therefore my relationship with my father didn't end on August 30th, it just changed. And it takes it's in a different form now. He's no longer here in the physical. It takes a great deal more faith to uh know that that he is still with me, but that I can foster this relationship with him from where he is now. And, um, and I decided to do that around that time because I didn't do it right away. And it, it's, it, my relationship with him has flourished. I feel him with me all the time. I feel his love. I don't think of him as dead. I, I constantly laugh at things I think he would say. I mean, I, I feel close to my dad still to this day, nearly six years after he left. I'm speechless. (laughs) I'm speechless. Oh my
0: gosh. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Were you the first to make this connection? Obviously in the family, but later on, did you see anybody else make this connection?
2: You know, I don't know. I've spoken about it a lot, but no one's ever
1: brought it to my attention without me having already brought it to their attention. So, yeah. I I would say that I think Sage is the first one that made the connection. Um, (laughs) And it is not lost on me as her older sister. I'm older by four years. We have a brother in between us, um, but that, um, you know, she's the youngest of eight kids. And so for her to, and she's also a Scorpio and I always <laughs> think she's got a little stinger out. So it, it, it wasn't lost on, on me, her desire to find yeah, um, right. like uh, an answer almost. And, and I think that that's such a, such an indicator of her personality, but I also think that it's, it was such a way for our dad to to reach the rest of us through her because I wasn't looking for that. I didn't even put any um, importance on the date and probably because I'm just not wired that way. But when she discovered that, it was such a confirmation to me that it is a choice, that it is a choice and that he cannot do the work for us. Our parents cannot do the work for us. Our our pastors, our friends, our siblings, our children cannot do the work for us. But if we want to have that experience of a life full of miracles, a life full of synchronicities, we have to choose that. And we we can do that or we cannot. And so for me, it was like, I, I just love that she made that connection and I'm so grateful for it because I think it was such a confirmation that, it's really ultimately up to us. Everything in our lives is really ultimately. Um, now that doesn't mean that things don't happen, right? Like we we have things that happen that maybe we wished didn't happen, or we have situations that we find ourselves in, or circumstances that that we um, that we don't love necessarily. But we always have the choice to view those things and to view those circumstances as teachers as opportunities for growth or as means for staying stuck or staying the victim or staying you know any number of things that you want to do but it's it's your choice and and sage discovering that it was like our dad's entire life I mean sage and I exist because he made that choice to forgive his father that's, that's hey. true yeah like he didn't meet our mother until after he made that decision
2: and he was he was in a relationship with someone that for him wasn't a happy marriage and when he forgave his dad he got out of that relationship he eventually met our mom which is why we're here you know like his career changed to take on a spiritual approach instead of solely a psychological approach he wrote his first book he quit his job that he wasn't happy at and started traveling and doing what he ultimately ended up doing so yeah it was like a it was a life changing moment for him and it happened in and in for him it happened in a moment i don't think it always people can have life-changing events. They don't always happen in a moment like that where as for him, it did.
1: I will say that there was somebody that I talked to the other day and she had a profound experience of grief. And she was saying that um, for her, she, she had lost her husband and she went through the five stages of grief and she had read the, all the books and, and was looking for answers. And it wasn't until she also added in the element of forgiveness that she also had an instant transformation. And so it's almost like It does seem like it was an instantaneous like awakening, essentially, but it was 35 or 36 years building up for our dad to get to that point. And so I do think it happens in an instant because we have a choice to make. And he could have chosen to ignore that intuition, that inner voice, that knowing, and continued on to his rental car and driven away from the grave. Having, you know, completed his mission of pissing on it (laughs) or, or he could have listened to the voice and he did. And, and we're here because he did. And we're having this conversation because he did, he listened to it. And so um, it was an instant, but it was also a 36 year process of getting there you know right and as wild as this might sound I have this knowing that
0: it was that decision to go back and forgive his father and change the complete trajectory of his future but it also changed the course of so many others lives. Exactly. Because imagine if he just continued, you know, helping many people in the psychological world, but just leaving out the spiritual element, unless of course, the universe tried to give him other messages and he found it in another way. (laughs) But imagine how many lives would not have been (laughs) transformed where they are today.
2: He used to say that his father was his ultimate greatest teacher. Yes. This person that he hated for so many years is the reason that he could become somebody who could teach. I mean, he used to say uh, that he he likes to picture that he had this conversation with God before he uh, came to this lifetime. And that he said, uh, and God said to him, what, what do you want to do in this lifetime? And that he said, I want to teach people about self-reliance, how to rely on themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, Uh, God said to him all right well then we better get your little ass into an orphanage and we better give you this father who um, you know walks out on you so you can learn to rely on yourself and he he made a film with
1: somebody it's called my greatest teacher and it's all about his father (gasps) yes and then just to speak about the day August 30th you know it's also not a coincidence that Louise Hay died on August 30th oh my gosh yeah yeah And that there's, you know, I I don't know what it means or or why August 30th is such a special day, but (laughs) it's almost like if you want to find the meaning in it, you can. And if you want to think of of life as just a series of accidents, unfortunate events that you have no say over, you can do that too. But we choose to see the meaning in it. And that makes all the difference in the world for us. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Oh my gosh. I love all of this. And uh, I think that choosing is a key takeaway for everybody. We can choose in that moment to listen to those whispers within us that might that nudge us somewhere else, or we can choose to just simply assume as though reality is taking over us. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and and one of the things that he used to quote, and I, I think it's so beautiful that it's worth mentioning, is a Mark Twain quote that says, "Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it." Oh my, yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it, and the idea is that we receive so much by making the choice to forgive. When we forgive and when we are forgiven, we we are given like access to like the kingdom of heaven essentially. But again, it's up to us. And it, it you know, it's kind of like the idea that when you carry around anger or resentment, it's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Yeah. It's like we don't realize how much um carrying those things around keeps us from our highest self keeps us from the life that we want, keeps us from connecting with with God. And and we all have the ability to do that, to choose that. And you know, and when we do, it's like we get the fragrance. You know, we yeah. get the
0: we get the gifts. Right. This makes me think of choosing to also recognize that you are a student. This is all a lesson and you're not a victim to any of the situations. You can either see the flowers in the situation or you can it in what we were talking about before choosing what our human our mind might want to see it as versus the beauty of the situation exactly yeah exactly what is choosing sooner about because i'm reading here be the student of your circumstances not the victim but and it says choosing sooner what is that about
2: yeah i i uh well our dad used to tell a story about choosing sooner and i remember in the early days after my dad passed away when i was really in the grief. And I was um, constantly going to this place of like, just losing myself in the grief. And then I would have this thought of just call dad, he'll make it better. And then, um, you know, recognizing that you would never do that again. And, and all these feelings are normal and natural. And I'm, you know, when you're feeling those, I think it's important to feel them. But for me, it came to a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this to myself, because I was on this cycle of just breaking down all the time and stuck in thoughts of, you know, never again, and um, all the never agains, all those should haves, all the could haves, what if I had been there with him? I was having dreams like that, where I was rescuing him just in time, things like that. It wasn't helping me, it wasn't serving me, and it certainly wasn't bringing me peace. Um, I So I remember I had a moment where that was happening again, and I thought, okay, Sage, you can't keep doing this. You've got to start to uh, change the way you're looking at this. And I I said, you can't call dad, but you have a lifetime of knowing him. What would he say to you if you could talk to him right now? And I felt like I felt my dad in that moment say to me, um, you know, you could either make this the worst thing that ever happened to you, and you can uh, go on thinking all these fear-based thoughts and never agains and should haves on and on, or you could... uh, choose to see this as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to foster this relationship with me. And it was the first time that I started having thoughts like that. And I, in that moment, uh, remembered this story that he used to tell on stage. And I had just been with him for the three weeks before he passed away. And he was we were traveling in Australia and New Zealand. He was on a tour and I was with him. And so I had heard him speak so much in the three weeks leading up to, he passed away 48 hours after I got back from that trip. And um, he would tell this story about Choose Sooner, which was a, a, just a quick story about a man whose son was off at war in a battle. And um, he got a knock on his door one morning and they were there to tell him that his son had died in battle. And he um, he was, so they left and that night, he went into the town and he went to a party and he went dancing. And some of the, all the neighbors knew what, had, what he had learned that day. And um, one, uh, one of his neighbors, a woman went up to him and said, I don't understand how you could be out dancing at this party when you've just learned that your son died just this morning. And he said, sooner or later, I'm going to have to move on from this or it's going to kill me. It's going to be the death of me. I'm just choosing sooner. And I remembered that story and thought, you know, I can choose sooner now. And, and I can choose joy now. And it doesn't mean that I choose that and I never look back. And it doesn't mean that, um, that I, you know, that I don't also feel the grief, but it just for me was permission that I could start to choose a different way, you know, This idea that it's a choice, what we've been talking about a lot this whole time, and recognizing that in that moment um, was a big moment for me. And I think it can apply to so many things, not just when you lose somebody and anything, you lose a job or you get bad news, you can choose sooner. There's no prescription for how long you have to stay stuck. My dad always used to say, you're only stuck if you choose to be. So it was a big moment for me.
0: Thank you for sharing that story, Sage.
1: <laughs> I would say that just to just to kind of like wrap up what Sage was saying, I think one of the things that we say all the time and that we love to say is um we send you love and all green lights and it's something that we when we sign some of the books we sign and it's something that our dad always said and it's it's the idea that when you are in flow, when you are in harmony with your inner knowing, when you are listening to your inner knowing, the universe sends you all green lights. It sends you more synchronicities. It's like the right person calls at the right moment, the, a check for the exact amount that you needed appears. And that when you, are, when you are not in harmony with your highest self, which is the part of you that is the truth, which is the part of you that is love, which is the part of you that is forgiveness, Kindness. When you are in harmony with that, the universe sends you all green lights. So, even if you don't know necessarily um, what it is you want to do, or what what it is you want to become, or what it is you want to manifest, you always know how you want to feel. And how you want to feel is is loved and peaceful and connected, and you have that ability within you. And when you come from that place, you're going to get all green lights. And I don't know if that, if that really made sense, but it's kind of like this idea that, okay. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like this idea. And we talked about it in the book that like our dad used to tell us all the time, if you are not generous, when you are poor, you will not be generous when you are rich because generosity has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has everything to do with your nature. Or as the Tao Te Ching says, the sage is kind to the kind and kind to the unkind because kindness is his nature. And so, for me, I guess just to, to you know end on that note, it's that the idea is that you get to choose what you bring to each situation you find yourself into. Every obstacle and difficult circumstance and difficult relationship, you can still choose the energy that you bring. And ultimately, whatever it is that you bring will determine the outcome of your life. So choose wisely. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll tell you what, I can tell you both are indeed extensions of your dad. The way you are so (laughs) passionate in sharing these messages, it is very apparent and thank you for sharing these beautiful messages i have one last question to ask both of you how would you advise
2: for your own magic listeners to create their own magic i mean just to pick off on what serena was just saying uh i always like to encourage everyone to take the path of least resistance. And that comes from, um, there's a line in the the song, I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. Yes. I was once listening to it from my dad, with my dad. And he said, I agree with every single line in this song, except one. Can you figure out which one? And um, afterwards, I don't think I figured it out, but he told me that in there, she says, I hope you never settle for the path of least resistance. Uh. And he said, you know, I love this song. I love everything she says, but you should always take the path of least resistance because when the universe is offering you resistance, it's there for a reason. It goes kind of in line with what we were talking about before, this idea of surrendering. Which is not giving up. It's just, it's like saying yes to the universe. It's, you know, so paying attention to when you're in the flow, like Serena was saying, when you're getting all green lights, that's the path of least resistance. Also paying attention to those times when you're not in the flow, because all of us have those times as well. And when you find yourself in that situation, you know, we write a lot about in the book, like different things we do to get back into the flow. But one of them is pausing and saying, okay, what's going on here? What am I trying to push that isn't right for me? Because I think that often the universe has this grander plan for us and and the universe wants to give us what we are wanting, but it doesn't always give it to you in the package that you imagined it will come in. So be open to the idea that there's either a grander plan or a different packaging um, at all times, because I think you have to remember this daily. I mean, it's not like I, I I, haven't fixed my mind to always be there. I'm constantly reminding myself, go with the flow, go with the flow. Don't resist. I mean, being a mother in, in this career that we have, the timing of this baby that is on the way for me, just mm-hmm. go with the flow because it's all working perfectly. Yes. Yes,
0: and isn't it wild? Speaking of the baby, for two seconds, your baby knows when he's coming out. He
1: knows, right? And so it's just letting go. Of that. I wish you would tell me. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and that's why we so often say we, you know, we send you all green lights. It's like in our limited ability to to wish something for somebody else, we wish you, we wish you to row, row, row your boat. So you do it yourself, gently, down the stream. We wish you going with the flow gently on yourself with forgiveness and compassion and love, but going in the direction of all of the green lights, because that is the path that is available to you. That nursery rhyme has a new yeah. meaning now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our dad used to say that to us. Of course he did. Of course he did. With well, us having little kids, you know, we say that all the time and every time I say it, I think God, this is like a this is like there's meaning to life in this little nursery rhyme. So anyway,
0: it's not funny <laughs> is how that how that happens, especially with the nursery rhymes that we grew up with as children. You carry on to your other children. it's like there's these little messages, these nuggets of wisdom, these insights in some of them, many of them. That we end up really learning later on in yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. Where can everyone connect with you and get your book? I'm so excited to read your book. I'm definitely going to get it. I think we um, sent it's... you
1: one. I think you you gave <gasps> me your address, right? I don't think I did. I don't know. Did oh, we? you didn't. Okay. If you give me your address, I'll send you one. Oh, no, we actually have a bunch to send. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'll take to. it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll and we'll sign for... it. All green lights. So I was about to ask. You better sign it. All green lights. <laughs>
2: we will do that. And for anybody else, it's available uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Audible, Kindle, and also your hopefully your local bookstore. If not, you know it's oh, great yeah. to ask them to stock it. It helps us and uh, supports them. I can totally do that.
0: Yeah, I'll totally do at the local bookstores here, like um, Atticus. Yeah. Um, and and where can everyone connect with you guys online?
2: Yeah, my Instagram handle is sage.dyer. My parents spelled my name a little weird, so it's saj Dot Dyer. I love it though. Yeah, I think that's the best way to connect. I feel
0: like I read that probably five years ago, and yeah, it was unique
2: like Wayne Dyer's children, and then listed them. It is unique. It it has caused, you know, some hiccups and headaches for me, but it is it is pretty same same. <laughs> Trust me, I get it. Right. It is pretty. <laughs>
1: Serena? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on Facebook as Serena Dyer and Instagram as Serena Dyer Pisoni. That's my married last name. So, um all the social media channels that are the normal social media, you'll find us there or SageDyer.com or SerenaDyer.com although Perfect. I don't check that very often. Fair. I think social media is the best way. I'll just, I'll just put it all in
0: the show notes for them. How's that? Awesome. <laughs> Which I do anyway <laughs> and of course the books as well. Oh my gosh, you guys I'm so honored. You have no idea I can, words cannot express how honored and grateful I am for this moment to connect with both of you and like I've said a million times, you're indeed powerful extensions of I'm going to put a capital G, the great
2: Dr. Wayne Dyer <laughs> Um, the
0: soul of your father the the great soul he was he is and so I'm just so thankful
1: oh well, thank you so much for having us well, thank you it was so fun talking to you yeah, yeah it you've... was so
2: fun talking to
0: you great vibes great vibes indeed y'all are welcome <laughs> on anytime I'll tell you that right now <laughs> yeah. well, thank thank you. You. we'll be back
2: yeah yeah Yay!
0: youngies that is a wrap that is a wrap for this episode I hope that something spoke deeply to you expanded you in some way please let me know if so you can catch me on instagram at raquel mantra i spell raquel a different way than most so you can see the spelling in the show notes or hang out with the yomis the like-minded very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the EuroMagic magic facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to well whatever you're going through And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. All right. Well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.